Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday night. Happy to the happy clay day as we're calling it. <laughs> Sounds a lot like Dre Day, but we're not going to use the lyrics of that song to define today because we're happy. Uh, but most importantly, it's Sunday night, live here on the Facebook, Twitters, and YouTubes, which means we have another installment of the... That's right, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of The Bench Mob here on 48 Minutes Basketball <laughs> Network. Normally on Sunday nights, we go live at 830, um, but we wanted to be able to watch Clay Thompson's return tonight. So we will be we're going a l- an hour early tonight so we can get this done with and put an awesome show together and also get to watch the show that is Clay Thompson coming back um, to show how excited we are. Uh, we are literally taping this while the Bulls are about to play for their chance to win their 10th in a row. So Great. that's how excited we are for Clay Thompson tonight. So serious um, stuff, serious stuff. Sean and I also so happen to wear a different homage Bulls NBA Jam shirts today. He's got the recent one with Lonzo and Levine. I've got the Pippen and Ho Grant one. We did not plan this, um, but we have done this multiple times on shows. So it's kind of funny at this point. Um, but yes, I am Tim Daniel. Excited for this week's show. Here as always with my partner in crime, my PIC for sure, Mr. Sean Mackey going on tim i'm back from, uh, from my two absence because you said that i had more pto than the president <laughs> i'm out of pto i'm out of pto they made me come back today <laughs> i mean yeah absolutely so we're happy to have you back um Thank you. also here today uh as always my man 100 grand mr ben brown what's good what's good gentlemen oh late night sean back in the building uh, mm-hmm. So uh, good to see you, my brother. Hope everybody uh, is doing well. Uh, I, I can't remember, honestly. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about a return from somebody from injury. Like, like it, it, it's pretty cool. It's going to be a cool night, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Ben, if you could please do the honors. Yeah, my man, my brother, my ace, Buku, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Forellis. Montellus, overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? What's good? There's levels to this. I'm, uh, there, there are definitely levels. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see if I can get myself into Guinness Book of World Records and make that a permanent name. <laughs> hey, you know, what I mean, I think it only takes hundred dollars to change your name legally. That's you know true. I mean? so. That's true. And you live in Ohio, so it might actually be cheaper. Yeah. See, true that. Like what we're doing here. Yeah. So, guys, obviously, there's one reason we're here tonight. It's Clay Day. Clay Thompson, for the first time since the 2019 NBA Finals, will be making his return to the NBA tonight for the Warriors. Um, no one knows any details yet. I don't know if it's been mentioned if he's starting or coming off the bench just yet. But without further ado, we have talked about this for two years now. To put in context, the last time Clay Thompson played in an NBA game, Paul George and Russell Westbrook were teammates. That's how long yeah. it's been. So uh, we're talking about 
number 11 of the Golden State Warriors coming back tonight. Clay Thompson in the building. Folks, how are we feeling today about Clay's return? Uh, I, 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 like I said earlier, man, I am super excited. Um, not only just for the fact that he's, you know, battled two years worth of injuries. Um, you know, his, you know, his projection as far as where he was before he got hurt. I mean, he was already one of the just all time greats. Um, and now that he gets to come back, I, I'm hoping that he comes back and he's, uh, just the remnants of himself, uh, you know, just him and the Splash Brothers being able to come out and play together. Uh, you know, the big three of them two and Draymond. I mean, I'm just super excited about that. Uh, I, I'm hoping that, you know, of course, he's got two years uh, of not playing an NBA on him. So, you know, I'm not expecting him to go for 50, but it would be nice to see him come out, you know, go, you know, two or three of seven from three, you know, score of 14, 16 points, you know, 20-something minutes. You know, that, that, that would be really cool. So, I'm excited. Uh, I think it's cool for the league because I, I, I see all these other NBA guys tweeting about his return. So, you know, his impact is huge. So uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I have a I have a question already. I want to know what the over-under is going to be. Does he get a shot first or does he dribble first? Which one happens? Ooh, I think I it's think shot. shot. I think it's yeah. shot too. Shot, shot before the dribble? Yep. Yeah, nice. I think it's shot. Yeah. That's um, a fun prop bet though. <laughs> For me, for me, with Clay is, uh, I think having Clay gone for the past years really made people appreciate what he, what product he put out on the floor when he played basketball. You know, not only was he a sniper, um, but you know, he arguably was guarding, you know, the best guy on the floor on the other team. You know, if he was a a wing guy or a guard, and uh, sometimes you know he went up against some fours, but uh, just his all around awareness on the court. Uh, how much him and Steph and Draymond kind of mean to each other. And, uh, you know, he was a, a, a really big piece of that Golden State dynasty. And it just kind of didn't seem right when he wasn't there. So, you know, I'm just super excited to get him back on the floor. Um, I'm actually hoping that we're done in time so they can, I can see the starting lineups go out to hear them. Because I, I think he's going to start. I think he's going to start just to give him that little bit of confidence, uh, get him out on the floor. And what what a better fitting way if he goes out, no dribble, first shot, splash. <laughs> he's back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna I, I think they're gonna throw him right into the fire tonight. I think they're gonna start him. That's it's such a Steve Kerr move too, because he has such confidence in his guys and you know, he uh you know, they're all professionals. But the thing that's gonna be interesting to see, you know, Clay out here, he just he just recently got snubbed for one of the best seventy five players. So, um, and he, you know, there's definitely an argument he should have been on there. So, um, especially with these last you know, three Golden State Warriors championships. So he's going to be going for fourth one this year. This is a great time to get him back right before the All-Star break. Get him going. Um, Golden State is already dangerous. They've locked in. I don't know what they got. Steve Kerr dust all of his players right now. Everybody is shooting very well. Um, everybody's playing very well. They're getting they're getting contributions from from everybody, even players you wouldn't think that they normally get this from. So I think it's going to be big. And I think he's going to go bigger than 14 or 16 tonight, guys. I, I legitimately think we could have a 20-plus game tonight with, with Clay Thompson. Like, I, I just, I don't know, I have faith. Because if he doesn't score that, like, the only, I don't know, I just feel like the only thing that could stop 
I'm getting injury. So, and I don't want that, but I just feel like he's just going to go for it from the get go. And it's so awesome. They're playing Cleveland too. So <laughs> right. awesome. Right. Yeah. Like, it's I so fitting. It's so fitting. It is poetic. Yeah. I thought that same exact thing when you said that funny enough. So, um, yeah, man, obviously we're stoked. It's clay day. Um, we're going to go ahead and move real quick to our other uh, topic. So not only was clay Thompson's return happening this week, but Ben's bench God made his return to his home team where for some reason, when he puts a Jersey on, he's, um, debt left shrimp and just super fucking good. Um, Lance Stevenson. <laughs> hey, debt left shrimp is good company to be in guys. <laughs> yes. Lance Stevenson returned this week to the Indiana Pacers. On Hold Wednesday on, Tim. against you, Tim, Tim, you you got to say it right. Lance will make you dance. 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 All right, proceed. So Lance Stevenson plays Wednesday at home against Brooklyn and puts up a 30.2 rebound, five assist game. And he said, look, Kyrie, I know it's your game that you're coming back, but you're not taking the story from me. And then Saturday against Utah, also back at uh, the, the the game Bridgefield House now as they call it, Lance mm-hmm. puts up a sixteen point six rebound career high fourteen assists game. So Benny, Lance Stevenson puts yes, on sir. the Pacers jersey and once again he's incredible for some reason when he puts that jersey on. But anywhere else he's just a basketball player. So what you, <laughs> also worth noting in the Brooklyn game he was wearing and one sneakers. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I honestly, it's really cool. Just uh, you know, being a Pacers fan and seeing Lance come back, uh, the energy that he brought before when he was on the roster was you know unbelievable. Of course, all the shenanigans and you know blowing on LeBron's ear and all that stuff. I mean, it. You know, Lance is going to be Lance, uh, but to see him come out and, and do what he was able to do as far as hit shots and you know strum the guitar like he does, you know what I mean? Like it. It was really cool to see it. It, it was it was definitely a bright spot in, in an otherwise just utterly sucky year for the Pacers. Um, you know, it was a bright spot to see him come in and have the game that he did. I mean, kind of I mean, overshadowing the return of Kyrie Irving, even though the Nets won. Uh, it, it overshadowed uh, his return to uh, NBA basketball. And then to turn around and, I mean, granted Utah did not have Rudy Gobert, but that's still a good Utah team to turn around and have that kind of game, you know, 16 points, 14 assists on top of, uh, you know, Sabonis having 42, I think 42 and 10 or 42 and 12, whatever Sabonis did. I mean, he was phenomenal as well, but uh, he seemed to give them a little bit of boost. Is it sustainable? I don't know. He's going to get, you know, he's going to get an end of the year contract. They're going to keep him on the roster for sure. But I don't know if it's sustainable, but, you know, you never know. You you see guys come in that are veterans who have won uh, as as a patient before, and he could be that guy that, that kind of sets the tone and, and is able to do some different things uh, as far as instant scoring if it's an offense, which, you know, we don't really – we didn't really have that off the bench. So it, it's good to see him come in and, and play that role. So it was a lot of fun. Like I said, it was cool to see him back and doing his thing. Uh, especially since our year's been so dismal. So when we go to the Bulls-Pacers game here in a few weeks, we're going to see Lance Stevenson. Oh, yeah. The, uh, you got to keep that guy, man. Like, like Yeah, I, I it was think announced it, today. Know, yeah, they, yeah, they're going to keep that guy. I mean, it's going to – he's 
he he just has a lot of energy, of course. And like I said, he's he's a microwave. He can get hot like that, you know, all the time and give you all kinds of you know points, assist, leadership, which is weird to think of, you know, him being a leader. I mean, because he always done some just goofy stuff, but. You know, he he's a veteran guy that can give you uh, just a president with your second unit and give them a good pace, good rhythm and good scoring. So it, it'll be cool. I, I think having that kind of veteran presence on that team is just huge for them at this point. And, yeah. And off of Lance Davidson, like they just got wild as soon as just. Yeah. He's one of those guys that brings a lot of energy and the fans are there. And it's crazy. To think it's like that whole team that he was part of, you know, Eastern Conference Finals team. I mean, everyone's moved on or retired since then, and he's just kind of back in in this weird like guest appearance, uh, making you know it's it's like when when Steve Carell came back at the the, in the office on the last episode. You know, he's been right. gone for a long time, and it was like he came back, and it was so impactful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a I think it's a uh, it's a huge get for them to have a guy like that. I. I as much as a as a uh, as a Bulls fan, somebody your team is in the Central Division. Um, obviously, I don't want the Pacers to get too heated up, but um, I think they're going to. Yeah. I think I don't. This is going to yeah. be the end of Stevenson. I think he's going to have a good rest of the year. All right, so we'll keep this in the Central Division, and we'll keep this with our home teams for my bench god this week. My guy, Kobe White of the Chicago Bulls. During this nine-game win streak, Kobe has uh, been averaging 16.5 points a game. Obviously, part of the the bench mob name that we use is obviously influenced by the classic Chicago Bulls bench that won many of championships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the you know, and he's coming off the bench now for them. Started while Lonzo's on COVID protocols. And by the way, had this nice dunk right here on LeBron James. So I just wanted to make sure we got that in there. So we got this Kobe White dunk. Um, first off, shouts the city jerseys. They're the best ones the Bulls have had yet. Um, so I'm a big fan of them. Um, but dude, you know, he's had a 14 assist game, 13 assist game in that time frame. He's had multiple 20 plus point games. Uh, Kobe White has been the dude coming off the bench for the Bulls. Him, Io, Caruso, Tony Bradley. You know, they're getting Caruso back soon. Um, we, we've talked about that. We talk about the Bulls every week. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm pretty stoked for this right now. Yeah, he's – I think I mentioned him a couple weeks ago where, like, you know, when we were talking about the Bulls' success and, and and how much he's been meant to them off the bench. I mean, he's been uh, – you know, he's been that kind of steady force, especially with Caruso being down. Um, he's really kind of stepped up and played a big role from them off the bench. So, um, you know, especially being able to score and, and uh, run that offense. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's kind of a, a really good, um, he's a really good guy to have outside mm-hmm. of, you know, your Caruso's and, and, you know, kind of to be able to set some things up with Lonzo when, you know, when Lonzo has to go to the bench and he comes out, you know, he's really done a great job of, of running that offense and doing what he needed to do. So, um, he's a big part of your all's success and, uh, the nine, nine games in a row you guys won? Nine? Nine in so a row? Yeah, he's a big part of that. So it, it's pretty cool to see him uh, have the success that he's had. He's yeah, a, I'm a little a, bit, 
Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was going to say, I was, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't lead that off with the first place Chicago Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that should be said the whole entire time that we're in first place. So that's how we need to address them from here on out is the first place in the Eastern Conference, Chicago Bulls, since we weren't picked to, to be anywhere, you know, and we the uh, the experiment with the DeMar DeRozan wasn't going to work. So that's, that's where we're at now. Worst off season signing still. To this yeah. Day. Worst one. Worst one. Yeah. I think Kobe, Kobe has made a dramatic impact off the bench since coming back. Um, I know that was one of the kind of the sticking points earlier on in the season is we didn't really have a bench score in Chicago. So him coming back and on top of that, like he is so much better than he was last year. He is so much better. Like he knows his role. He's coming in. He and he's. I'll be honest with you. Like I would be like shocked if we saw like a forty or fifty point game from a guy like Kobe White. Like he's he's that good. He's one of those guys who can just hum off the bench and just just know his. Or you know you can start him at point guard, which the Bulls had too over the last you know couple weeks, and he did well. He settled in that too. Starting, so he's he's just been great. Yeah. Dude, it's been so fun. And to keep the trend going, um, Sean also has gone with the Chicago Bull and went with uh, Rookie Sensation, who I told everybody, you know, Josh and I talk all the time about people getting it wrong. I told everyone that this guy would be a good NBA player, and he has been. Ayo Donsunmu, who had an 18-point performance against the Wizards on Friday, and also this week had his number 11 jersey retired by the University of Illinois and had teammate DeMar DeRozan there to celebrate with him. In Champaign, Illinois, a two-hour drive from Chicago, it was cold as heck, and DeMar, being the leader he is, was there with his guy, Io to see him get his jersey retired. Wow, he got his jersey retired? A, a year after he yeah. left Illinois. Yeah, a that's year crazy. After. He, was, yeah. He, was legit, he was legit at Illinois. Dude, he was so good. <laughs> well, and, it's, and the thing that's so great about, about Ao is – you don't really know what you're going to get with a guy that you draft kind of lower in the draft, but he's a hometown guy and he's, I, I honestly, I think this kid is the hardest working guy on the team. Like he just, he doesn't give up. He picks up guys full court constantly. He's just, he's got a really, he's, he's built really well for basketball. He's big. He's six, four. Um, he's just, he's got a lot of tools and uh, coming off of a, a you know, a, a night when he ended up, you know, getting his jersey retired at his college, comes out the next night and drops 18 points, three for four on threes, five rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Like, that's incredible production for a rookie bench guy. Like, it's just incredible. He's uh, a hell of a pick this year. I had him as a first rounder. Um, so like when I when I did my board last year. So I in no way, shape, or form thought that he would drop to the Bulls. And the fact he did has been tremendous, um, like Sean said. Um, but you know, he's a guy that's like not super athletic and just kind of makes things happen, which you really appreciate. Um, though that Wizards game, he looked very athletic at times. Um, I really love did you guys see the thing with Bradley Beal and him? No, uh uh-uh. uh. So I guess I uh <laughs> Beal was like, 
giving him advice on something like a like a like the way to shoot a shot or something. And later in the game, Io hit the shot that Beal, Beal gave him advice on over Beal, and he was like, "I didn't say do it on me." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so we got Josh's bench bench god coming up, and then we're gonna talk about some different trends we're seeing in the NBA and kind of give our thoughts on them. And also, we're gonna unveil the. 48 Minutes Basketball Network rookie rankings um, that we put together as a staff. All of us here on the network and the website put it together. So um, that be, but before that, Josh, your bench god. I know we've been trying to get away from talking about the Lakers, um, but the way this guy's playing right now, we got to talk about the Lakers. Yeah, so I went with Malik Monk. And, um, you know, it's kind of fitting that, you know, what, what we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh how he ties into that segment, but um, just to, just to kind of give you a, uh, a glimpse of, of how he's performing, you know, over the last five games, uh, he's putting up 21 and a half shooting 56% from the floor, 50% from three, 82% from the three point line or from the free throw line. Uh, he has a plus minus of plus 139 on the floor this year. And uh, remember, uh, I want to say it was when he got picked up by the Knicks. Uh, I, you and I were talking a while ago, and I talked about how these young kids come into the league, and I feel like people don't give them time to develop. And he was one of those guys that came in right after his freshman year from Kentucky, young. And I was like, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. And he's on his third team now, and I think he finally may have found his home. Is it third? That was his third. No, it's still a second. He went straight from Charlotte to LA. Okay. Um, he he um, he's definitely, I think, finding his groove right now. And what's fitting is, is those stats I gave you were over the last five games. Well, those last five games he started, and um, he's definitely been uh, he's been doing a lot. He's been putting the ball through the hoop, man. He's uh, shooting career highs from the floor. Um, you know, his uh, E field goal percentage is 59%, which is career high right now. Like, I just feel like he's playing super efficient. He's been in the league, what, four years now, five years now. And he's really starting to kind of like get his feet underneath him. And again, he's one of those guys that I think was coming out of school was maybe not ready, but had the potential. He needed some time to develop. And I think he's now here. Yeah, man. I'm a, you know, I've uh, talked for years. I've been on Malik Monk Island. Um, put my flag down on there, built some property. Um, you know, I, I always, always was super high on him. Loved him at Kentucky. Um, that game he had against North Carolina, he was at Kentucky. He had like 47 points in Las Vegas, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I always knew the shot making ability was there. Um, Josh, you know, you kind of talked about the adversity he's gone through. This is a guy that also was suspended in the NBA, like for one year. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't spent the whole season, but like, I like, uh, had a suspension later on in the season and missed a while, but you know, I think, uh, you know, I, you're the only time you're the only person I've ever given a little pushback to on like who they pick for their bench God, but it was only because, um, I think at this point, Malik Monk is now a starter for the Lakers. I just can't see even when Nathan Anthony Davis comes back. Um, it's gotta be a situation where probably him and Avery Bradley might be splitting who starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't see a case where they put him on the bench the way he's shooting and scoring for them. So yeah, and my apologies. I was thinking of Kevin Knox when I said Malik Monk and I said the Knicks. He's another Kentucky guy. players, you know. <laughs> There's like 70 they, of they them. They all the run league. together, you know what I mean? Yeah. They all run together. Yeah. If they're not Cat or A D, you know, it's John Wall, so forth, right. whatever. 
Um, but yeah, man, I'm loving the way Monk's playing. By the way, I wanted to notice about uh, one thing I pointed out about this shot. So he was incredibly off balance when he made it. So that was pretty incredible. Oh, that's a different highlight. Oh, shit. I took that one off. So spoiler alert. We're going to show LeBron <laughs> highlight later. <laughs> Live podcast, people. They go crazy at times. Hey, let's go. Hey, hey you know what I mean? <laughs> it happens sometimes. It's live, baby. It's live. Yeah. LeBron James. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to, I talked about this with you guys the other day. Um, and I wanted to kind of bring it up because we're seeing a lot of trends are kind of good and bad right now in the league. And I want to kind of get some of your guys' thoughts on them because there are some really interesting things there. Um, they're really pointing out for, you know, teams that we were really high on teams that were contenders going into the off season, even now. Um, but so the first one I want to point out, kind of like Josh said, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with his Malik Monk bench. God is uh, LeBron James uh, moving to center. And so since Davis has been out, you know, LeBron's been playing center, which I didn't even think about because I was like, oh, what's the big deal? You know, he plays everything. And then until it was like one time I was watching the play and he took the tip, the opening mm -hmm. tip. And I was like, OK, that is weird because, I, you know, I'm so used to him catching the ball off the tip and, you yeah. know, starting the offense from there. But seeing him actually do, be the one that I was like, oh, OK, that's weird. Um, but they're averaging 127 and a half points a game since he moved to center. His per 36 numbers without a big on the floor, or in this case, him being the big. 32.1 points a game, shooting 61-41-83. rebounds, 6.5 assists, 1.8 steals, a block and a half, and just two turnovers a game. And obviously the Lakers are on a four-game win streak, currently out of the play-in uh, at the number six spot in the Western Conference. So, guys, I think it's pretty safe to say, well, look, we know that this is a goofy-ass roster and none of it makes any sense. And we've talked about this all year. Um. But they're getting guys back healthy. You know, I know Davis isn't isn't back yet, um, but they're getting Horton. They got Horton Tucker back. They got Trevor Reza back. Sounds like Kendrick Nunn's getting closer and closer to coming back. Which, look, we're not sitting here saying Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Reese are the difference makers, but this LeBron at center thing, they got something going here. It's it's working. Yeah, I, I yeah they do. I, yep. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, uh, oddly enough, it seemed to help Russell Westbrook a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and I don't know if it's because it's taken LeBron out of the whole a lot of the playmaking stuff because uh, you know, playing the five, he's done more. I mean, he's still able to make plays and do what he does. Um, and of course, he's playing at an incredible clip. I mean, it, it, it's it's absurd that he can play that well at 37 years old, like it's just it, just insane. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's 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 freed up Russell Westbrook to be able to do more Russell Westbrook things outside of turnovers and missing layups like he's been able to facilitate a little bit more he's been able to score a little bit more um i think having uh the guys that have been able to shoot the ball like carmelo shooting the ball well uh monk shooting the ball well tht off the bench is shooting the ball well so not only are you getting facilitation from westbrook but you're also getting guys hitting shots which is huge for the lakers because when you have lebron at center either people are going to collapse or you got to go double him because he can He's going to embarrass anybody you put on him in that matchup. So uh, I, I think it's helped that their shooters have started to come alive a little bit. Um, I also think that it's helped that uh, LeBron um, is, is is healthy. I mean he he looks he looks like LeBron. Like he looks he looks like he is healthy. He looks like he's playing hard. The minutes 
I thought the minutes would start to hurt him. And as of now, he has looked phenomenal, even playing the highest minutes he's ever played in his career. I mean, he's he is he's playing at an extremely high level. Um, and the Lakers have seemed to respond. So uh the move to center from LeBron. Now, my only question is is what are they gonna do when Anthony Davis returns? Uh, and then you've, you know, are you going to move him to, to the five? Are you going to leave LeBron there and make Anthony Davis your stretch four? Uh, and then, you know, you've got other guys too that are playing well uh, in Anthony Davis's absence. So, um, but yeah, I think that's a few way, a few weeks away. Uh, I'm not sure how, how close Anthony Davis is to returning, but uh, as of now, I mean, the way they've got it, the way they've got it set up and the way they've got guys playing it, it they're, they're, uh, of course, one of the hotter teams in the NBA right now. So, I um, I, think- I, I want to add on to that real quick because remember remember when Mike got older, um, you know, when his last repeat with the Bulls and he started to – you could see a little bit of the decline in his athleticism, but he became a much more efficient, you know, mid-range jump shooter uh, type guy. He was able to get the spots on the floor – and I'm not saying this is the same comparison, but what I see with LeBron at the five a lot is, is that he's he's more of like a stretch a stretch five. But like mm, I see yeah. him, I see him post it up a lot more. I see a lot more turnaround jump shots. I see a lot more of him not driving with the ball. And I and I'm wondering if that's starting to take a little bit off of his body to where he can heal up and rest up. So if you look at his stats right now, uh, you know they're on that five game winning streak. He's shooting for over forty percent from three point range. Um, you know, he's shooting a high percentage from the field. And a lot of that is shots outside of the rim. Um, it's not necessarily him trying to get to the basket all the time. And another thing that I noticed is that is when he is getting fouled, um, he's, I think he's shooting a career high right now for free throw percentage. Yes. Is it, which isn't high, but I mean, he's at like 78 plus percent. So I think that a lot of that wear and tear of him driving to the basket and getting hit on and getting beat on, like he's not taken right now. And, Russell Westbrook's getting a lot of that. And like you said, pulling him out of that, um, I'm the ball-dominant guy that has to make all the plays. Um, you let Russell Westbrook be that guy, and you put LeBron in another spot. And like you said, it's starting to work a little. Almost the same way it was when LeBron and AD were together, and they were working that same way. It almost looks like it's very similar to that. I think they should just keep him at center. Just keep him there and then, and, then, and then bring Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center. So just right. throw him, at the, just play him at the four, let him do his thing, and just it just roll like that. Um, what's working right now? It's like every year we're always like, oh, you know, he's getting old. You know, Lakers go on a losing streak, or whatever team he's on is on a losing streak, and then like this always happens every year, every <laughs> single year this happens. He goes up and he goes down. He goes up and he goes down, and then it's like you don't want to end up playing him in the playoffs. You never want to play LeBron James in the playoffs, like. Because you're probably going to lose, so you know that's <laughs> that's just how it is. But uh, this team is <laughs> this Lakers team is very unique in a lot of ways. Uh, they're very Accurate. old, yeah, very unique team. And you know they don't, you know, it's it's like they work within the boundaries of, of salaries and everything that they can to be able to put a winning team around LeBron James. I know originally it was going to be uh, Anthony Davis's team, but it's not. It's LeBron James's team. If LeBron James is on the. 
47 years old and it would still <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> this whole this whole uh you know well this guy in second this one he went to freaking Miami. they were like oh, you know he's really this <sighs> I think uh, there he is. He's back. There he is. All right, we're good. <laughs> hey, um, just to, just to add on to that real quick, I just I'm looking right now. Um, LeBron's average distance of his field goal shooting this year is 14.5 feet, which is the longest of his career. Nice. Yeah, I do think it's going to be something where, like, on on offense he's playing the five, and on defense he's playing the four. Because like when they go play Utah, if they go to Utah in the playoffs, like if the season ends today and Davis is back, it's gonna be hard seeing LeBron match up on Gobert, um, just with that size difference. Um, not that I put anything past LeBron at this point, because every time, like Sean said, anytime you're like, ah, oh, this is the year, the decline, it doesn't happen. Um, ben, you made a good point about Westbrook. I think now that you put a situation where he can play in this style ball, he doesn't have to be the scorer. Mm-hmm. And like the other night, you saw against Atlanta, which who is terrible. Atlanta absolutely sucks. I, <laughs> oh my God, watching Trey Young play defense is terrible. It is so, it's worse than Westbrook. You're, he is a worse defender than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's another topic. Um, but your, your, your lifetime shade of Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> has no bounds. It has no bounds. Watch him play defense. Like, it's, it's terrible. Are there, it's so bad. I, He's not, he's not a defender. He's a shooter. That's all he does. Pony, you know this. He's oh my not going to change. He's not going to change. Didn't he score 50 like, the other night? You got to like be able to like put your body in front of somebody at least. Like At least do that on defense. Like, God. But anyway, that's besides the point. So Westbrook in this situation here, he only had eight points the other night, but he had like 14 rebounds and I think 11 assists. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I digress. Yeah. All right. Next topic, the Brooklyn Nets. I know they had a nice win today at home. Cam Thomas hitting a buzzer beater, the rookie making a name for himself. Um, but this Nets team against the top four seeds from each conference is 0-8 on the season. Um, they're 11-10 and at home and 14-3 and on the road. Good news for them is they have Kyrie Irving on the road now, um, including this Wednesday when they go to Chicago, uh, where they've also... They've lost to the United Center this year. Yeah. Um, everyone check that. It happens. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, look, I know that come the playoffs, this probably won't matter a whole lot because Barclays will be hopping. But I don't know if I've seen a team this good to have these weird split. This is like Carmelo at Staples Center and away from Staples Center where he's shooting like 41% at Staples Center and 27% away from it. Um, so right. what do you take away from this Brooklyn Nets weirdness? And remember, they've only had Kyrie Irving for one game, so it's not like Kyrie is a contributor to this road record compared to their home record. It's a, it's, it's gonna, it's a super stretch and a way – it's way overreacted. And they're going to be completely fine. No, they're going to lose the board, actually. They'll be fine. I, I think what they're missing the most is what people don't really understand is Joe Harris. Uh, I think Joe Harris is that guy that he's a knockdown sniper. Uh, he leads the NBA in three-point percentage. He's a guy they can drive and kick to. He's not a guy that's an ISO guy. And 
he fits their offense. And I think that when they get him back and they get all their guys healthy and they get settled, they'll be fine. Who are all their guys healthy at this point, though? Well, well, Nick Claxton, man. First, we got to go with Nick Claxton. He played today. I know he did. 14 and 16. Yeah, he looked really good. But, uh, I mean, you got the, they got to figure out the Kyrie situation because when they get in the playoffs, I mean, if you can only have Kyrie on the road, I mean, that's probably a big deal. Uh, but I really think other than that, I don't think other any team other than the than the Bucks and the Bulls are really any threat to them. So, like, they pretty much have the whole year to figure out what they need to do to get their lineup right, their roster right, their their subs right, and all that stuff. And if they need to make a move, they'll probably make one. Um, I I don't know, man. I I mean, I I want to believe in their in all that you know in their talent. Um, I want to believe in Kevin Durant. I want to believe in, in in James Harden. But to me, they just home away would like they still just look clunky to me. Like I I, yeah, I don't they know. Do. Like they they just look clunky. Like they just there, there's really no flow. Um, you know, even when Kyrie was there, like you know they won that game, but you know, but but they still looked like it just doesn't have a rhythm to it. I, and I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what it is. Um, you know, Kevin Durant is phenomenal and Harden at times, it, you know, it, is great. Uh, but, but I don't, I don't know why that just doesn't, they, to me, they just do not look like they have a rhythm playing together. Um, I, I don't know if that, that happens. I don't know if it, if it does, you know, if they all come together and it, and it turns out to be great, then, you know, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's picked the Nets to win it all, or at least get to the finals. Uh, from the east before the season started because of those three but I, I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know I just I for some reason when I watch them play it doesn't look like it has a really good flow to anybody when they're on the floor for some reason they almost look better when one of the three is out like it's weird I, I don't get it so that's how the Lakers are too if it's like LeBron and ad they look good if it's LeBron and Westbrook they look good but right. the three of them it's like it's weird. It's weird. It's I agree. Weird. So I, I don't know. I'm not I guess sure. not everyone can be Demar, Lonzo, and Levine, right? Right. They all they all can That's jump. Right. Like they guys, all so. they all fit like a glove. I will <laughs> say. <laughs> I will say this. I I I fear the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs. Um. Oh, Tim Tim's shaking his head. I I'm gonna say they're still scary. Uh. Sure. Kevin Durant, man, he can make a shot from anywhere on the court. He's incredible. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I, who knows what his status is going to be for the playoffs. I, it is what it is, but if he's there, he's dangerous. Um, I don't want to mess with him. And James Harden, obviously, it looks like he's missed a step or doesn't care as much. I, I don't I don't really know what's going on with him because he can be James Harden of old or he can just be, you know, uh, that's why you get 82 games to figure it out. Yeah. That's what remember, I said. Remember last year in the playoffs, they took the Bucks to seven games with a depleted roster. Yeah. That's what I said. I, I, I'm not I'm not completely mm-hmm. sold out on them, but, like, like I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, they're just not going to be any good because they do have three perennial all-stars uh, on their roster. Um, but, like, I it's – I, I guess for me, I guess it just takes some time for them three to get together and play together. But like I said, even watching them win, um, uh, you know, against the Pacers, like it, it, 
it wasn't like it was a dominant uh, right. performance or anything like that. They just still looked, they still looked like they were struggling to get that mix. So I don't know. Me, I think in the first round of the playoffs, let's just say they stay in the two seed all year. Um, they they would play either Toronto, Charlotte, Washington, Boston, New York, Atlanta, Indy, whoever one of those teams are going to be. And like, I they don't fear any of those teams. No, 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 it, no, 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 yeah. It's when so, it. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say. So then, in the second round, you know, you may play Miami, or ugh, there. There's where it gets. You might play Miami or Philly, mm-hmm. and that's definitely where where the. Um, the struggle may lie. So, you know, they'll have to get some things figured out defensively. But like I said, I'm not worried. They, the Bucks are the defending champs. They took them seven with, with nobody out there but KD. It was just him by himself just out there just throwing stuff up, going in. So if they get any help from Harden and Kyrie in the playoffs, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think for me it's just when I look at a playoff series, you know, you probably need what? At least for the first couple of rounds, seven or eight you can play and feel comfortable with. Yeah. They got six if you count Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I love I love David Duke Jr. at Providence. I thought he was a tremendous player there, but I don't trust him in a playoff series. Um, you know, DeAndre Bembry, we've we've all seen that before. Uh, James Johnson, we've all seen that before. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I certainly like I'm not gonna be shocked if the Nets win the title. I just, you know, if one of those dudes gets in foul trouble, I feel pretty good about the team, like the team's chances. So right. um, but they got good minutes out of Bruce Brown last year in the playoffs. They did. I mean, I know it's, they did. Um, like I said, you take the big three and then you add in. You're gonna get. You're gonna get something out of Aldridge, and you're gonna get something out of Blake at some point. You'll Blake get is washed, out of, Josh. He you'll get something washed. out of Joe Harris. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get something it's out of Joe Harris. You'll get something that. out of Patty Mills. I'm telling. You, they brought those veterans on for a reason. They're they're gonna keep them to try to use them in the playoffs. They got the experience. They'll be fine. Josh. I think you and I could run a pick and roll on Blake Griffin right now. <laughs> Not even going to lie to you, but we'll go on that. Cause that'll be a conversation we'll have throughout the season. I'm sure. Um, nice trending upward topic here. Joel Embiid. So the Sixers this year in games when Embiid scores 30 plus points are 11 and three. And look, the easiest thing to hear is say is like, well, yeah, no shit. He scores 30 points. They win. He's uh, he's incredible. I think my trending up here is not just the fact that his performance my trending up is look, we're finally seeing what it's like to have a fully healthy, in shape, committed to basketball, Joel Embiid. And I'm starting to wonder why aren't we talking about him as one of the five best players in the world? We're like, he's like he's like the seventh or eighth or ninth, but at this point it's like, okay, KD, Giannis, Jokic, like Embiid's not one of those guys. Like, I'm starting to really feel like he's like that dude. Yeah, oh, he definitely is. I mean, uh, I don't I don't think that uh I don't think you can have a conversation of, of best players in the world not have Joel Embiid on it. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. You know, 26.8 points, almost 11 rebounds a game. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal when he's on the floor. You know, he's shooting 52% from the field, almost 40% from three and 83% from the field throw line. Like, you know, he, he he's in that mix. But I, I think sometimes – the thing that happens with Joel Embiid is that we know sometimes he turns it off. Does that make sense? So that's why, like, like, so when you're thinking about the best players in the world, like Giannis, like you've never seen Giannis turn it off. You've never seen Kevin Durant turn it off. Like Embiid, sometimes he plays hard. Sometimes it's like, eh. It, it, I mean, I'm saying in past tense. Like in past yeah. tense, 
he's had that ability to be like this all the time. That's where, you know, that's where the, you know, when he had the conversation with Shaq and Chuck, you know, that's where all that came from. Like, dude, you should be a 25 and 12 every night. Like that should be what you should shoot for every night. And, and sometimes, you know, he, he's great like that. Like these, the stretch right here, you know, where he's scoring points and rebounds and doing the things he's supposed to do. Um, I think people don't realize just how good he's been because they're just used to him not being that good all the time or or just doing it in stretches or not doing it, you know, throughout a season. So um, he definitely belongs on that list. He definitely belongs uh, as one of the top, you know, five, six players in the world. Um, and, and he'll get he'll start to get that recognition the better Philly plays. Like you said, they've won seven of the last ten. They've won their last six. So um, the better they play, the higher up they get in the rankings, the, the more people will be like, oh, yeah, like Joel Embiid needs to be on that list for sure. Yeah, I think the two guys that 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 need to get some more love on that team is Curry and Maxie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. the whole the whole Ben Simmons debacle. They were like, we don't know what we're going to do to replace him. And Tyrese Maxey started starting, and now this guy's averaging seventeen points a game. And you got Curry averaging, I don't know, sixteen and a half, which yeah. is his career high. And they're both they're both shooting at high clips from the floor right now. Um, and then you pair that having Tobias Harris and Embiid. Now you got four guys on the floor now that are that are legit scoring threats that mm-hmm. where you weren't in that whole debacle of running the, the Simmons Embiid offense, you know what I'm saying? So they're a lot more spread out at this point. So I think that makes them a little bit more dangerous. I would agree with that. I still Philly, think the make a trade, be make a trade Philly. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> There's been a lot of rumblings about De'Aaron Fox going there. Like, can you imagine De'Aaron Fox driving to the rim and Embiid sitting there in the dunker spot? Oh yeah. That'd be crazy. Ball game. Ball yeah. game. Like, I don't, I mean, Fox is anything not that gets Aaron, anything that gets De'Aaron Fox out of Sacramento, I'd be happy with. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. A lot of people are like talking <laughs> bad about him, but I'm like, get him into somewhere where he wants, like you get De'Aaron Fox more where he like can yeah. win and he's going to win. He's going to win. I'm that confident in him. Yeah. And you saw that at Kentucky. I mean, like, like he was, you know, he was the guy that locked up Lonzo ball. He was the guy that made big shots during that seat. Like, like if you get him in a situation where he's got a chance of winning winning championships, he's going to be phenomenal, and he's just wasting way out there. I agree. All right, so this trend, Plus, I don't ben think Simmons any of us. Is just... Yeah, go ben ahead, Simmons John. Just wasting away, not doing anything right now. So we're we're ready to get rid of his ass too. So just just <laughs> move him out to Sacramento, where he can get on the bench out there, or do what we're gonna do. Uh, you know, I. I'm so done with that situation. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Same. I, I forgot Ben Simmons actually played in the NBA, to be honest with you. Like, dead serious. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like. Yeah, I agree. And this trend, I know none of us are worried about, but if we're going to talk about the good things, we got to talk about the bad. And Steph Curry's last couple games has shot the ball pretty rough. And now in a situation where Joel Embiid has a higher three-point shooting percentage than Steph Curry. None of us are worried about this. I know this, but. No. I just needed to have another down, and I didn't have time to look through everybody. So. No, no, but that's, I mean, for the greatest three-point shooter in the world to be shooting, you know, 38.6%, that's a, that's a big deal, you know. Now, granted, he gets his running mate back tonight, and and I think that that'll take a lot of, uh, the the more Clay plays, the, the more Steph will get uh, better looks, if that makes sense, I guess. So, Agreed. no, I, I'm not worried about it. I, I think that he'll, 
he'll wind up in in the season shooting at 44% and everybody will be happy. Yeah. We're also talking about the fact that he's struggling shooting 38% and that's right. hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. The <laughs> fact that he's only shooting 40% from three and we're like, what the heck's wrong with stuff? Like what the heck? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before we wrap this up, um, we're going to have an article up this week about this. Um, I know Parker's working on some cool graphics for it, um, but here are the staff between everyone here on the bench mob, the shot colors crew at large bid, um, our intern, and um, our, you know, some uh, and Alex who's been doing our uh, betting stuff for the NBA on our Twitter account. We all got together and did some rankings that took me 17 hours to put together of <laughs> our uh, of our, our top 10 rookie power rankings. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and get these unveiled. And we're going to go more into detail, obviously, with the article this week. But this is how everything kind of played out for us. Um, obviously, Evan Mobley, number one for Cleveland. We've talked about him all year. Um, Scotty Barnes for the Raptors, who has had a really great year. Um, Cade Cunningham with Detroit. It's nice to see him consistently playing. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously you're seeing kind of this flashes, uh, Franz Wagner from Orlando, a guy that when we, when I, when I thought about what we'd be talking about rookies this year, talking about Orlando rookies, I thought we'd be talking about Jalen Suggs and yeah. it's unbelievable how much he's struggled so far. Uh, Josh Giddy has been a big surprise. He's number five on our list, but you know, kid's a playmaker. Uh, he's a really good playmaker. I wasn't super high on him from all the footage I saw, but you know, that's why you shouldn't always trust footage, I guess. Um, and then the other five at six, we got Chris Duarte, uh, the 24 year old rookie for the Pacers, who is a three point machine, uh, Jalen green from the Rockets, a little lower than I'm sure a lot of us thought at what he would be, uh, Herb Jones from the Pelicans, the only second rounder to make this list. Uh, he's been fantastic for the Pelicans. Um, Alperin Shangun of the Rockets, the other, uh, their young center and then Davion Mitchell, of the Kings. The only reason I'm mad that Davion Mitchell made it over anyone else was because he was one vote away from not being on here and Io Dunsumo being on the list. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, um, next week. yeah. So, <laughs> what I got six hours to do another one, I guess. There you go, say. Yeah. But I think it's a good list. Um, you know, I'm totally cool with what, how it panned out. I mean, I think Mobley and Barnes were the obvious one and two. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, the only I I questioned. I thought Wagner should be higher than Cade. I I did this when we did our rankings last week. I put I put Cade and Jalen Green a little lower than everybody else, strictly because of how many games they played. Like they haven't played as many games as everybody else, so it mm-hmm. slid yeah. them down my list. So, and uh, because Orlando's so bad, I don't think people get to see Wagner play as much, and uh, he's balling out of control. He's playing really well. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just such a goofy, goofy ass team down there. Yeah. Um, I do, th- I do think Suggs will end up being really good in the NBA. Um, I think point guards are kind of like quarterbacks, where it's like some guys it just takes a little longer to develop, and when they do, it goes pretty well. Um, so, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I really like him actually. Um, but with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of the Bench Mob because we want to go ahead and get out here, and go see Clay Thompson shoot hoops again. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. So everyone enjoy it. If you caught this on the podcast feed, thank you. Uh, we now saw that we can get five star reviews on Spotify. So if you have hey. a few seconds here on Spotify, make sure you give us that five star review as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. And follow us on all the socials at 40 Minutes Network. Um, and we'll all be there. So everyone have a great night. We'll be back this week with some at-large bid and some shot callers. See you, Jim.